Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 101 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday? Crazy Sunday? Actually, I'm recording this on Friday. Finally, Friday's here. The weekend is here. So, although when you're listening to this, the weekend's over. But, you know, I'm in a time lock here, time machine. But, um, yeah, hope everybody had a good week. Or a good weekend by the time we're listening to this. Um, you know, crazy times out there. Stay safe. Uh, hopefully the weather turns. It's been shitty here. Uh, we haven't had snow. We had a little bit of snow, but it melted right away. But yeah, it was like minus 14 this morning. Like, come on. You know, I think it got up to about 6. So hopefully, I haven't looked at the weather this weekend, but... Uh, oh, here we go. This is exactly what you tuned into to hear Saskatchewan weather. Um... <laughs> but no welcome thank you for tuning in um i know wednesday is usually interview day and then sunday is my rant show um and all of a sudden you're like this is two rants in a row i'm getting sick of hearing you i don't blame you um it was just that uh this zach fitzgerald interview was uh two parts so um i uh kind of you know i did it that way broke it up um plus episode 100 um that was on Wednesday. I want to thank everybody for the real positive feedback on that episode. Um, yeah, it's definitely a milestone. I'm, uh, you know, proud of. And uh, like I said, because most most shows certainly get nowhere near that amount of episodes. Um, and it's been great. Like I said, uh, I said on the episode, so I won't, you know, keep rehashing it. But, um, you know, the show has steadily grown since I got on the network. And, uh, and I appreciate all you guys for listening and sticking with the show. And, um, you know, I know, you know, got some loyal listeners out there and I appreciate you guys and, um, uh, yeah, we'll, and we'll see how we'll keep it going. But, uh, again, I want to thank everybody for the, uh, for the, uh, positive feedback on that episode. Um, yeah, other than that, um, uh, what, well, here, we'll, uh, what am I, yeah, I'll, I'll do, like I said, hold on. I'll take a drink here. We're starting off. We're word soup. Okay. Um, today, I don't, again, I don't want to keep bringing this up because I know I beat this dead horse. I mean, how many times do I have to talk about this guy? Um, but I won't go too much on it. But Scott Stevens, again, see, I get my topics from social media because it's just, it's a plethora of idiocy out there. So it's uh, topics forever to rant and rave about. Um, but for some reason his name keeps coming up and it's just this, it's the same old bullshit that people spout off. They put no, they, they don't look into anything. They just, they just parrot shit that they've read or heard before and don't really know. And they just, but they just say it and it's just, 
oh, an exaggeration and stupidity and fanboy and everything rolled into one. Just stupid. But, so I'll briefly talk about that. Um, the state of, of, of kids coming up that don't know how to fight. Um, I'm going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> an NHL safety account. Uh, yeah, I'll do all that shit. And, and, and just fan fandom in general and the way they view the game diehards fanboys how they look at the game and talk about it on twitter and whatever i'll talk about all that and it'll make more sense clear as mud right it'll make more sense as i go along here but those are kind of my i'm looking at my sticky note here but at the end what i want to talk about and uh it was brought up on uh facebook when i was talking about the lnah um, yesterday I sent out, uh, text messages and posted it on social media that I am looking for everybody's all time top 10 of the LNAH. And, uh, I asked a whole bunch of fans. I asked a whole bunch of ex players. And from that, I wrote down all everybody's picks and assigned them a score and stuff. And, uh, from there, uh, next Sunday, I will come up with a definitive According to the the fans, according to the peoples, the peoples and the ex-players who are the 10 baddest dudes in the LNAH. And, uh, cause like I said, everybody loves lists and I could get someone on, I could get Alec on and we could debate about the LNAH and go back and forth, but you're hearing our opinions on it. This is, uh, a group's opinion. So, um, it, you know, it, uh, we'll see how it turns out. So I'm really looking forward to that. I really want to thank everybody that took part in that so far. Um, but yes, some of you actually took that shit real serious too, um, which was, you know, hey, it was cool. But I was like, it's just like, you know, we're not landing planes here, guys. Just I just need a top ten. But uh, you know, but it's hard. I mean, I had to do it um, when I was a guest on the on the bucket drop show with uh, Bobby Longgrass. Uh, we did an L and H show and we kind of did a top ten, and it was. I remember writing the names out and it was hard so it's uh yeah so i've heard everybody's like oh man this is tougher than i thought it was gonna be and it's like oh, i know so that'll be next sunday but this sunday um i don't know if a lot of people know this but the L- the lnah used to have uh would have a draft every year and uh basically it was like protect you'd like they just draft a guy and protect his rights I'm not, I want to say it was for three years that you could hold their guys' rights. And I, I think, I don't think it was like a lifetime or anything. Maybe it was. I don't think so. I want to say it was three years. I sent a text to a friend of mine, <coughs> but I haven't heard back by the time I was recording this. So I'll, uh, I'm not, if, if, if he gets a hold of me in the meantime, I'll edit it in. But, um, I'm not quite sure the length that you could protect a guy for. But it's funny to go back and look at the drafts and see who the teams picked. Now, every once in a while, a team would fold, so they'd have the dispersal draft, and okay. But uh, every once in a while, yeah, they would have the draft every year, and yeah, they would just like throw out names, and you'll be you'll be surprised at some of the guys that got drafted or the names that come up anyway. But um, we'll I'll do that at the end, but. Uh, yeah, well, before I get going, like I said, I'm a proud member of the, of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented, so whatever team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. Um, 
they're adding new shows every day. I know. I think they added a food show here, and uh, yeah, they got they got their they got their hands and uh, fingers and a lot of pies, and uh, yeah, and I know they're trying to really branch out and try to cover um, just different areas. Um, you know, like myself, I guess I'm a fight podcast. Um, you have Terry Ryan and Brad Lee, guys like that, or like you know the ex player podcast. Lee does a life after hockey, and then you know Terry with his stories and. Um, you know, and stuff like that, and then there's a couple food and hockey skates and plates, and yeah, there's, so there, uh, it's a number, and analytics, a couple analytics shows, I mean, um, yeah, there's always, uh, like I said, they're branching out in a number of different uh, show topics, or themes, um, so uh, definitely hit up the, uh, hit up the network, and just see what, uh, you know, maybe something will interest, uh, a new show might interest you, and check it out, Um for my off-network friends, of course, I got Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. Um, he has an Islander Enforcer podcast. Um, yeah, Joe's Joe's interviewed like you know Mick Fakota, Aaron Asham, Strudwick, Bolton. Right now, we're in the middle of the a part five with Trevor Gillies that I'm looking forward to to uh, to hearing. Um, I know Trevor's been busy, and uh, they're just kind of waiting to waiting to um, set up a time, but. Uh, like in the meantime, go back and check out the first four episodes. They were tremendous and covers. Uh, you know, when they're four episodes, you're covering everything. And uh, but Joe's like thorough man, an old school, and covers the entire. Um, you know, just kind of like how we do it over here, right? Timeline a guy's career, go through his teammates and his opponents, and 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 mindset and that type of thing. And I, I've been really enjoying it. Plus, like I said. Uh, Trevor and, and Joe have been friends for a long time, so there's like a real personal interaction with them as well that um, that you normally don't find in interviews. Um, so um, you know that's been really cool. And like I said, Joe, Joe's been around; he knows uh, he knows what's going on, and uh, you know because he's old, he's old like that. You know what Joe's first car was? A covered wagon. Ah, uh, no, Joe does a great job, and uh, I can't say much though. I'm catching up to him. I'm almost there. Almost there. I think we both have Moses in our yearbook. That's how old we are. But anyway, let's get, we'll move on from the uh, from the Rodney Dangerfield jokes. Um, also, Dan, Paul, and Kelly at the Obey the Puck show, and Fred and Dave at the Slewfoot show. A couple current shows for you guys, just to say I'm not completely out of the loop. I always say I listen to their show so I don't have to watch, um, and they're good people, so I would highly recommend those guys. All right. Now, also, they're very important, and I was told from a few people, I did a little bit on episode 100, I kind of browbeat people, and I was a little aggressive, but sometimes things need to be said. Steve, from when RobertWasKing.com, I had him on a few episodes ago, he is doing a fundraiser to try to bring back the Drop Your Gloves website um, in a whole new form, bigger and better and more improved. Um, as he called fight hockey fight Mecca is what he wants to create. Uh, unfortunately that just does not happen for free and, uh, it's going to cost at least 10 grand to get it up like how we want to. Hopefully you can get a discount. He's working on that. But, um, he went to a computer programmer, told them what everything that he wants to do with the site. That was the kind of the figure he was throwing at. So we started up with GoFundMe. If you were on social media, you had to have seen it. It's all, cause I'm assuming if you're on, this the, you know, I'm assuming if you're on social media, you either follow me or, and you're listening to this show, you either follow me or Joe or Alec or Steve or all of us. 
and uh, or you're on the fight group or you're on Twitter or what have you. So you've seen the link. It's got a picture of Cordic fighting, black and white picture of Cordic fight punching Gartner. And uh, on there is uh, the link for the Drop Your Gloves uh, fundraiser. Go, that GoFundMe is what I'm trying to say. And I really hope everyone out there gives. I know it's tough times and some people, you don't have the money. As I say, when I was yelling and screaming last episode, those aren't the people I'm yelling at. Um, I know there are plenty of people that can't afford to give. And again, I'm not saying give thousands or anything like that, but 20 bucks, 10 bucks, it all, like I said, if every member of the old Drop Your Gloves site gave 10 bucks, shit, we'd have the site up and going by now. You know, but like I said, you do a fundraiser and all of a sudden everyone's got alligator arms or you look around, it's fucking Houdini and made everybody, everyone disappeared. But these are the same people that every third tweet or second post on Facebook was bitching and moaning that Drop Your Gloves was gone and how much they miss it. Well, we're trying to bring it back, and I don't see your names on the donation list. So, again, no one's saying you have to give hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But, hey, 20 bucks, it all helps, whatever. And uh, I want to thank Mike Haley for stepping up. Great donation. Uh, you know, Kent Staniforth, I believe I brought that up last episode. Um, for the people that bought the Probert picture, thank you, all four of you. Again, trying to sell a Probert picture for $24. And uh, the money goes to the, the GoFundMe, and it's, again, uh, I posted it on the Probert, the Probert fan site that's got like 10,000 members. One guy. Yeah, and thank you, Travis, uh, which is hilarious. He's like in, in Saskatoon, which is funny. Uh, massive Facebook group. and I, I, The one guy from, from uh, Saskatchewan is the guy that uh, buys. But uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, that has been donated. And, uh, you know, but yeah, guys, I'm not going to yell and scream, but I am going to bring this up every episode about if you could please give, that'd be great. Faster, the better. I think we're, I think you're sitting at about four grand right now. So, you know, almost about halfway. Um, but it's really slowed down. The donations are coming in slowly. So, um, you know, I, I really hope, uh, you guys listening, um, you know, you'll, you'll go to the link and, and donate. It'd be very much appreciated. And come on, boys. You know, let's get that site back up. It'd be awesome. You know, we all, you remember how much you love that site? Yeah, it'd be great to have that back up. So, um, yeah, let's do that. But uh, anything is appreciated. Where to start? Okay, well, let's start right away. I'm going to jump right in to social media idiocy. And what what is bugging me on social media today? There is a fucking nerd on Twitter. His whole account is NHL Safety Watch. Unfortunately, 6,900 people follow him for whatever goddamn reason. And actually, now I'm looking. 58 of these people follow me as well. I might have to talk to these 58 people or at least block them or something. Because why would you watch this idiot? Oh, and it's just constant crying. But here's his, his pinned tweet at the top. The point of this account is to hold the Department of Player Safety and the officials accountable. Uh, I will review suspensions as well as certain penalties and provide my own insight on them. I do this because I believe there is room for improvement in this area. There needs to be more consistency on and off the ice in order to protect the players and make the game safer. Ugh. Hold on, I have to have a drink. I get the sour belches just reading this. Oh my god, the self-importance of this friggin' bozo. 
Oh, you're embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. And it was just like, oh. And it's... The other day, I noticed he took it down. But he was sitting there, he put a video up, and it was some useless clip. It was a body check. Clean hit. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody talking... Well, everyone commenting, for the most part, was like, yeah, it's no problem. Hit. This is the problem with the game. Uh, No, do you know what the problem with the game is? You're the problem with the game. You and all the 6,900 other goofs that follow your account. Because you go around... Every friggin' play, they're crying. Offer your insight. Oh, yeah? And I'd, I'd love to ask this guy, and what actually gives you the credential? What credentials do you have to be questioning NHL player safety and the NHL? That's what I want to know. Who are you? What level did you play to? Judging by reading your tweets and kind of reading between the lines... I would say maybe high school intramural floor hockey. That might be the peak level. Maybe. And even then you probably just kept stats. You nerd. I'm going to monitor them. And and what? Hold them accountable. To who? Who are you holding them accountable to? Do you, do you have, do you sit down with Gary and you're, you're an independent, these are my findings? Who, What? So you go on social media and flap your lips and then your other little fucking nerds, your little Klingons, jump in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck. Like I said, the self-importance of some of these people, it's amazing. Like, just delusional. But like I said, 6,900 other idiots follow this clown and read his horse shit and then they go around and it's just like... Like I said, it's like fungus on a shower curtain. You can't get rid of it. You scrub and scrub, and you think you got rid of it, and it just always comes back. You know? And it's just like these friggin' bozos. Like, oh, And they cry about every hit. Oh, every hit's intent or predatorial or make the game... Oh, I'm just... I'm worried about head trauma and all this. Oh, that's great. How do you... I've still yet to figure out how you're going to eliminate CTE in a contact sport going 30 miles an hour. Explain to me how you're going to get rid of head trauma. You know, it's redundant because these idiots think head tra- only happens on on dirty. I'm doing air quotes. Dirty hits. It's the sudden stop. You put shoulder in the guy's chest at 35 miles an hour. Yeah, he's going to have head trauma. So it has nothing to do with target. Now, obviously, oh, you have to do a flying out to a guy's head. Well, yeah, but. Just because a guy's got a concussion doesn't mean the hit was dirty. And like I said, how, how you figure you're going to make it safer, but yet you're the same clowns in the next breath that go on and on about how you love the speed of the game and you want to get rid of obstruction and they need to call it by the letter of the law, right, Ray Ferraro? By the letter of the law. You know, we got to let them play. Oh yeah, let them blow in on the, on the, on the four check. Don't hold them up. Ah, you know. It's just the boards. Oh, as long as he keeps his elbow down, you know, it'll be fine. Oh, sure. You know, even better. You know what you should do? Defenseman, turn into the boards just before you get hit. He'll stop then. Or at least he should. Oh, God. He had plenty of time to stop. I love that one. As they're watching a slow, extreme slow motion uh, gif on Twitter. 
See, he had plenty of time to stop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. When you say, again, when you say stupid shit like that, you never played. Once you've engaged, stepped up and engaged in on the hit, what are you going to do? It's not with the Wiley Coyote Acme breaks. Like, oh, well, it wasn't really necessary. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about we play no raises in the second period, too? Maybe with a soft puck. Maybe we'll get a sponge puck, one of the orange ones. Or maybe one of the road hockey balls. Maybe we'll play that. That way, that'll be, no one will get hurt either. Ugh. But this is the voice. I will say that that is true. That it, him and his idiocy and the people like that that go around social media, I've, I've often cited this before. Exactly what Paul Bissonnette was talking about a few years ago. That's the silent minority, or not silent, it's the vocal minority on social media that creates all this bullshit. They yell and scream and the league caters to them. I said it's a bunch of bozos sitting on their mom's couch in the basement. But yo, know, they, and they they don't give a flying shit. They have no insight. They don't know what the fuck whether to goddamn you know, scratch their watch or wind their ass. But these are who we're listening to. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna offer my insight. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't actually. I missed that part when I first when I was like, oh, I'm gonna read this. I missed that one. Oh, good stuff. Oh, oh man. But yeah, these are the yeah. So follow me on Twitter, folks. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, it's enough to make you drink. Listen to that stuff. But yeah, yeah. And then oh, at the top, oh, he's got a, on his little profile picture. He's been oh, has been cited or has been. Uh, well, I can't remember, but he's got all CBS and TSN and all these people have have gone to his page and used his his stats and oh yeah. You know, meanwhile they're talking about the fa- the fines the players get, and everybody's chiming in, and not one of them knows how the b- bloody CBA works. But they're all big fans, though. Oh yeah. Oh god. But whatever. But in saying that, when I was talking about the hit where the guy it was a, I can't remember who it was. And, oh, it was a it was a uh, Golden Knights player. The defenseman, the guy was coming in on him. The guy poke-checked the puck away from him and then just stepped into him. Completely clean, shoulder to the logo, and guy went flying, and oh, the crying, and it was just like, it was the most textbook, like if you're a coach, it's exactly what you'd coach your defenseman to do, is stepping up on a guy. But of course, all the nerd herd is all whining about it and everything else. And the thing that always cracks me up is these people that respond, I'm not even a Golden Knights fan, and even I know that one's clean. What is being a fan of a certain team? I hate the Golden Knights, but even though I know that's a clean hit, what does being a fan of a certain team have to do with this? It's about the fucking game of hockey, and how it's being, like, just prostituted out. I give a shit. What What is, oh, you're a fan of the Leafs. Oh, good for you. This is a, a gold, the Golden Knight guy hitting a hurricane or something. I'm not a fan of either team, but I'm just saying, well, who gives a fuck what you're just saying? Why do you have to start every with, I'm not even a fan of? Well, who gives a shit who you're a fan of? So if it had been the Golden Knights guy hitting a Leafs player, oh, it would have been a dirty hit in your mind all of a sudden? Yeah, of course it would, because you can't take your fucking Homer goggles off. But, like, who gives a, I'm not even a fan of you. I hate when the people, like, why? Who gives a shit? That, what, what bearing does that have? All right, guys, we're back here. Uh, I'm recording in two parts here. I'm recording Saturday morning, 
Uh, started Friday and didn't get finished. Got sidetracked. Been doing that a lot lately. But uh, no, what I was ranting and raving about. Uh, I'm not even a fan of, and even I know. Yeah, like, oh, I diehard fans are some of the most annoying people. Oh, just can't see through. The, I I don't understand how like grown adults like can't have just lack objectivity. Like they just put the Homer goggles on and like John's there on the Facebook. I was talking to him about Manson and Ray Bork, Mr. Blackhawk. Everybody that's been on a fight board will know. Oh, it's just embarrassing. Like you're a grown adult man. Like, ugh, and you just can't see through the bullshit. It's amazing. It's just, it's mind blowing to me. Absolutely mind blowing. These Homer idiots. And they're just all over Twitter. Every thread. Oh, we got screwed by the refs. The refs are doing this. Oh, but if it's the Leafs or if it's... Oh, yeah. But then every Leaf fan's complaining about it, too. So, oh, you idiots. All you do is whine about everything. It's just like, who cares? Of course, what am I doing right now? The irony is not lost on me. But I I just don't understand. I just, I guess I've never understood fandom like diehard fandom it's just like like we all have our favorite players and stuff like that i get that i i have my favorite players too but when they screwed up or did something wrong i could see it like i don't you know i i don't know i don't i don't get it but you know uh anyway whatever um another topic that i want to talk about um it came up and well and it was sort of it was somewhat illustrated uh recently with the fight was it Kevin Miller with the Bruins fighting Tage Thompson of the Sabres and he like two punched him and whatever and the kid went down i don't think he was hurt or anything but i mean you know he took some shots and went down um and it sort of highlighted um the fact that and i hope it doesn't happen obviously but i was saying to a friend of mine the other day like I don't know. It's just I can see something uh, bad happening because you have a bunch of kids that have never been in a fight before, fighting guys that have that are that have done it. You know, and what, what, one of these t- and I mean, I Tate Thompson, his guy got hit and he got in there, and I admire him for that. But you know, what if he had? You know, it, it's just I don't know. It's it's just because. Uh, I looked it up like Kevin Miller. I mean, not, I mean, we're not talking Chris Nyland like numbers, but I mean, you know, he's been around, he's fought, he had eight, he had like 17 or 18 fights in the American league and they were against like Brett Gallant and like guys like that. Like, I mean, against legit fighters and, uh, you know, same with the NHL, he fought McLeod, he fought, you know, Brandon Prust. And I mean, he's fought tough guys. So he's experienced in that area. And I looked it up. Tate Thompson has never been in a fight in his life. And I'm not just saying that for effect. He hasn't. He has not been in a fight. He played high school hockey, and then he played at the uh, the under 18 team, and then he went to college, and he played in the minors a couple uh, for a little while. Didn't fight, so he'd never been in a fight before. And he's fighting a guy that's been in I don't know 30 or 40 fights. Like, what do you think is going to happen? What if one of these guys grabs Reeves or Lucic? 
And I'm not saying Lucic and Reeves have to let up because the guy's never been in a fight. They're not out there checking, here, before we fight, let me check hockeyfights.com to see your fight card. You know, like, no. But it's it might happen. You know, and then and then and then what's going to happen? Everybody's going to cry about that, you know. And um, I think right now we're in a real dangerous time period because you still have guys that are left in the game. They're almost out, but they're you know a, a Lucic or a, a Tom Wilson or or guys like that where they're they're sort of at the towards the you know the twilight of their career. But, um, or in the, in the American League with the Gallants and stuff like that. I mean, there are older guys that have been, been through it, been in the wars and they're battle tested, so to speak. And you have this next generation of player coming in that's like most likely never been in a fight or maybe one or two. Because, I mean, you have junior leagues that, that restrict the number of fights now. Um, the OHL and the Quebec League, I believe, are at three. The WHL doesn't have any fight restrictions yet. Um, Junior A has, I think it's a, I believe it's a six fight limit or a five fight limit. There are fight limits regardless. And, uh, you know, and of course also with the, um, I think more, and I might be wrong, but I think there's a lot more emphasis on college as well now. So you're going to have kids that play junior A hockey that might get into one fight, go to college, not get into any, and then they get into the NHL. You know, and what happens is, oh, he's in the American League and he runs into Brett Gallant. What's going to happen? I don't give a shit that Tage Thompson's six foot six and his dad's Brent Thompson. And oh, and he, he took some MMA training in the summer and maybe hit a heavy bag. Well, that's great. But the bag doesn't hit back. And, uh, it's going to get, there could be some real ugly consequences. Well, like I said, we're in a real, this time frame right now is real tough because you still have got some guys around that have experience. And you have guys coming into the league that have none. And, uh, you know, and I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope it doesn't happen. But watching that Thompson fight, I mean, no clue. Just grabs on. And like hey, I'll get, like I said, I give the kid full marks for coming in for his teammate. And that's great. And he's a big kid. But, you know, it's uh, what's going to happen. You got these guys leading, you know, leading with their faces. And it's... Um, yeah, I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But it um, it might some some bad shit might happen. And uh, yeah, but and I mean until like those guys are gone, the older guys are out in, in you know two or three years, and and then you have once that whole next generation is into the league where they grew up in junior hockey with no fighting, then you know okay, it's it's an even playing field, but right now it's still uneven because you still have some salty old vets around, salty old vets being 27, but you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, like I said, I'll, I'm not wishing anything bad on anybody to, like, prove my point or anything, but I don't know. It's just something that got me thinking when I watched that fight, like, you know, and somebody had mentioned, like, these young kids are, you know, and, and I mean, you're in the NHL, you want to stick, so you're going to do anything you need to do to stay on the team. So, you know, you're going to go, like a big kid like that's going to go out of his comfort zone and 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 drop the gloves. And and obviously, like I said, he's never, like the Thompson one, he's never done it before, you know. And um, But there he was, right, and uh, reacted because a teammate got hit, so full marks. But, yeah, it's, uh, eesh, I don't know. But moving right along, um, one of the things, um, 
like I said, at the start of the, I believe I, like I said, I'm going over two days. So I believe I mentioned this yesterday. Um, I didn't go back to listen to what I said earlier. So what, pardon me for chewing my food twice if I do, but, um, the, uh, the LNAH, um, had a draft every year and, uh, or I was, I was talking about this yesterday, but, and like I said, I'm not quite sure how long you could hold on to a player's rights for, but, um, Basically, they would just throw names out, and hopefully, you could get one of your 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 scouts or whatever. Because that was the thing with the LNH; it wasn't like oh, the the Quebec Radio X had a team of scouts and they were going to watch all the junior games or the minor league games. No, you had a bunch of guys that would maybe pick up the phone and call a guy, or if they knew a guy, and like I mean, I made a few of those phone calls and got a few guys into the league, and and you'd throw you know you'd throw the uh, the number the contact information at them, and you know you're talking to guys guys that were in the minors somewhere else or whatever. And, um, you know, so you had like the bird dog scouts, right? And then as a, as a guy that if you could, if you could get a guy to sign with the team, if he, if he ended up playing with them, you got a finder's fee unless people screwed you out of your money. So, but there was like, every time I've, I've talked to a guy on here, um, it's the same thing, right? Like they talk about, um, Oh yeah, they they got a hold of me and uh, and uh, you know wine me and dined me and offered me all this money and, and and you know and I mean every guy who was tough I think pretty much uh, got harassed by LNH poor dog scouts, but they also in the uh, at the end of the year they would have um, a draft. So let's. Uh, and the LNAH started in 2004. It was called the Quebec Senior uh, Semi. It was like a semi-pro league before QSPHL, and I believe it was like from the well the 90s, whenever till 03, and then 2004 they became the LNAH and uh, the League de North America Hockey, and uh, and um, and that's when uh, guys were always making good money. Like Link, the Link Gates and stuff were making good money, um, but the LNAH kind of in that mid two thousands. That's when the money really started getting thrown around, and you had guys making, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand a week, and uh, yeah. So outside of the NHL, and maybe a high end American Hockey League deal, the, the most money a player was going to make is in the LNAH, and probably more so because, you know, I'm sure a bunch of it was in cash too, right? So. We don't have to go into. I'm not naming names. We don't need the the uh, the tax people after them. But you know, straight cash, homie. So I mean, it's uh, you can't beat that deal. But uh, yeah, so let's have a look at some of. This. So the 2004 entry draft, the the number two pick from the Verdun Dragons was Brad Wingfeld, who eventually ended up in that league. Um, it wasn't too many years later, about oh seven. I think he was in there, but he was a Sherbrooke. So now again, I'm not sure if Ver, well Verdun folded though. So maybe that's how Sherbrooke ended up. Well, we'll see as I go on here. Maybe that's how Sherbrooke ended up with Wingfeld rights. Um, I'm not going to go over all of the names, but because um, you know, uh, but Matt Odette with Tetford, uh, number in the second round, number 14 overall from the Quebec Radio X, Mel Engelstad. That would have been something if Mel had had uh, had shown up in Quebec. The, the Laval Chiefs in the 26th overall, Mitch Fritz. Uh, 28th, St. Hassan, uh, Gordy Dwyer, 
Uh, number 35 in the round four, the Granby Predators took Frank Littlejohn. Uh, I guess on number 42, the Verdun Dragons took Dennis Bonvey. Man, Bonvey would have been something in that league, though. You know, um, could you imagine him and Morasti all the time? And, oh, yeah, that would have been something. Uh, 50, Tetford took Chris Chris Millette. Uh, now, this is the draft for Morasti, Sorrell. I'm surprised at 58th in the sixth round, Morasti. Um, they must not have thought he was coming. Um, uh, Ryan Schmier, 60th to Sherbrooke. Brad Voth to Trois-Rivières, 62. 63, Quebec Radio X, Rocky Thompson, Verdun, Blandit, Brandon Fleener. Uh, 69, Ken Fells, Jason Spence, 75th, 76th overall, St. George, Ryan Flynn. Oh, look at number 77, Tetford. They were just hoping for the Derek Bugard. Uh, Saginaw, 78, took Jeremy Cornish. Sean Legault went to Granby. Uh, Sherbrooke, 82nd overall, PJ Stock. Uh, Sorrell Tracy, 85, Rob Skurlock. Number 86, the Verdun Dragons took Brant Myers. Yeah, 92nd uh, overall in the ninth round. Laval took Paxton Schulte. 95th, Trois-Rivières took Trevor Gillies. Tedford took Jason Schmier. Sherbrooke, 104 overall, Mike Segroy. I will say I was always very surprised um, that Segroy never went to the LNAH. He would have fit in perfect there. Could you imagine Segroy in the LNAH? That would have been something. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I have to go back and listen to Alex's um, um, Alex uh, interview with him from the Five for Fighting show because um, I'm sure because Alec being a big LNH fan, I'm sure he probably asked him. And I and I, and I mean I listened to the episode, but it was so long ago. I can't I can't remember what his answer was, but or why he didn't go. T.J. Reynolds, Sagany took Riley Cote, 122nd, Kazuka Lavelle, Chris Walsh to Three Rivers. Chris Thompson, Saginaw, 144th. Oh, there you go. Yeah, St. Hyathan, 160th overall. Gino Ojik in 2004. He figured Gino Ojik's going to roll over to the Quebec League. Well, it is from Quebec, so wishful thinking, I guess. Like I said, as I, as I was kind of doing this exercise I'm, as I'm going along, um, I, I realized that, um, you know, throwing out every name for the next bunch of drafts, well, I mean, we'll be here until, uh, you know, Tuesday, but uh, like I said, the 2005 draft, like I said, I'll just quite quickly scroll through because some of the names that come up kind of, yeah, here you're like 18th overall Quebec Radio X, take Louis DeBrusque. Um, 26 was Sorrell Yablonski. Again, another guy that kind of surprised me that he didn't come to the LNAH, but I guess at the same time, he had like the American Hockey League deals. So, you know, and at that point, you know, you're still. Although Morasti proved that you can go from the American League or from the Quebec League to the American League, but um, that was very rare. And um, you know, so I guess when guys in the American League, I mean, you still, um, you know, you still believe you have a shot at the NHL. So you know, which is never going to happen, obviously, in the in the LNAH playing there. But um, but man, Yablon- yeah, Yablonski would have been sweet in the LNAH. Man, that would have been fun to watch. Um, Chaz Johnson, St. Hyacinth. Chris Shaw, the Verdun Dragons. Tyler Willis and Sherbrooke. There's another guy. He would have been, he would have been great to watch in the uh, 
in the LNAH as well. That would have been something. Um, Laval took Ken Belanger, uh, 74th overall, Trois Rivière, Chad Wagner. There's another guy. I'm surprised he actually didn't end up in the LNAH as well. Um, perfectly suited for that league for sure. Um, yeah. Some of these, just these, uh, if you go to elite prospects and, and, uh, this is where, this is where I'm finding all this stuff. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting into the elite prospects, uh, website lately. I, I never really pay, I was always a hockey DB, right? But I don't know, like, I think this elite prospects has got a lot, uh, has got a more in-depth, um, database. I like, I mean, I love both sites, but it, uh, cause they have a lot of junior A stuff that the, that hockey DB doesn't have. But then they also have stuff like this, like the LNAH draft. So anybody listening, if you, uh, if you just want to have a, have a, have a good chuckle, uh, yeah, elite prospects. Check it out in the draft section. Uh, the 2006 draft with Tetford. Yeah, Pete Worrell, fourth overall. Yeah. Yeah, Quebec Radio X, Brandon Tidbull. I was always surprised that Tid, like, of course, his brother played forever in the Quebec League. So I was always really surprised Brandon never um, decided to join him. Or maybe it was, uh, you know, he, he got talked out of it by his brother. Who knows? Yeah, let's see. Here we go. Frank Littlejohn again got drafted. So it was the 04 he got taken and then in 06. So again, I mean, I don't know if there's a time limit on <clears throat> on your rights. But uh, Tetford took him 36th overall. Again, um, you know, uh, surprised he didn't go to the Quebec League. Now granted, as I'm saying this, of course, it's, you know, obviously the Quebec League isn't for everybody. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a different type of league for sure. So, you know, I, I can understand um, guys being hesitant or whatever. And, you know, you, you know, you see the Chiefs movie and it's like, oh, my God. Right. And uh, and you definitely are earning your money the hard way for sure. But, uh, yeah, so you got to be definitely unique. But oh yeah, uh, three Luke Phillips and Robin Big Snake. Could you imagine Robin Big Snake down there? That would have been something. Ryan Jordy. Less, less Borsheim to the Quebec Radio X. Sasha Lakovic. Well, he did go to the St. John. He did show up. Uh, Jason Spence once again to Sherbrooke. And then Matt Goody, Sorrell. And then uh, rounding it up at number 80, the Quebec Radio X takes Tanner Schultz, the former Saskatoon Blade. So yeah, I, I believe these teams were just sort of, you know, I guess you're just sort of throwing it against the wall and, and, and hoping, right? Like right here, Tetford Mines, number four overall, Matt Nickerson. And now I'm in the 2007. Um, Trevor Gillies again, Sherbrooke. Cornish again to Tetford Mines. Eric Nielsen to St. John. Scroll it's riveting. Well, here's Yablonski again to Sherbrooke. Yeah, so there must be a. Well, there you go. Dennis Bonvi again. Lance Galbraith to Tetford. Yeah, this is really riveting here as I scroll through, but um, it probably would have helped if I had written stuff out. But um, 
it was sort of a last minute deal and I, I just kind of uh got fascinated with some of the with some of the names that came up um now again like some of these guys like that that did get uh picked uh obviously came but i mean at that point after you maybe you throw their name out in the draft you're just sort of open uh that you can throw enough money at these guys that uh that they'll come and i know um, talking to a few guys, like I've, I've talked to Mel Engelstad about this, about the Quebec league. And he was just like, no way, you know, like he's like, no, it's, uh, it was just too much. And I mean, I think at that point of his career too, I mean, you know, Mel was sort of kind of winding down. I mean, if this had been, you know, maybe presented to him in the, in the, you know, early nineties, then, you know, then maybe, but yeah. And around Oh five, Oh six. I mean, it's like, nah, you know, but man, that would have been uh, that would have been something to see uh, to to see Mel Engelstad in uh, in the LNAH. But here we go. This is the 2009 uh, Sherbrooke 29th overall. Took Brett Gallant. That'd have been cool to see Brett Gallant in there too. Um, yeah, I think at this point the the draft is really starting to. Um, from what I could tell, like, um, now what's the word I'm looking? I don't want to say legitimate, but um, like you're you're taking guys that will actually like come, not just like Gino Ojic and Louis DeBrusque and and Brant Myers. And if we throw it, if we throw enough money at him, he'll he'll show up. Um, yeah, like as I'm going on. Uh, well, I mean, second Saguenay took Martin Grenier. You know, I mean, which isn't which isn't completely out of the question, you know, because he is from there. Um, you know, Pascal Morenci went eighth again. Um, that'd be interesting. St. George took Mike Danton. You know, um, you know, I get. I'm not trying to sound funny, but I guess that would that would be kind of like right when he was getting out of prison. Really, I think. Or was he out earlier than that? But uh, I'm not sure. I know he ended up going and playing in. He played uh, university hockey, went to college, and uh, and he tore it up. I know they won a championship when he was there. Because I mean, um, you know, one addition, right? You can get an NHL guy. I mean, granted, he's you know had been in the joint for a few years, but nonetheless, um, obviously talented, and well, and obviously stayed in shape. I mean, you know, really. Again, you're in jail. What else is there to do? I'm sure he came out in better shape than when he went in, actually. Um, yeah, and kind of as I'm scrolling here, the 2010-11, while well, Pierre-Luc LeBlanc went. Although Pierre-Luc LeBlanc uh, eventually did show up in the in the LNAH um, with Laval. And uh, there's some kind of weird, weird story there that I got to... I, I kind of... I'd like to have him on the show and ask because I, I don't know what went down. It was something with the mob or I don't know what was something goofy was going on there. But yeah, I mean, as I'm scrolling here in, in the later years, um, no, Alex Penner, although Alex Penner, again, right, he did show up and play in that league. Um, Fred Angel again. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, you know, I won't go through them all, but yeah, that was just sort of to give you guys an idea of kind of what happened in the in the early years of the LNAH and who was getting picked up and uh, ex- not, not even an expansion draft, more of a free agent draft, I guess. 
Man, you imagine Louis DeBrusque and Chino Ojik in the LNAH? That would have been something. But uh, anyway, guys, I'll uh, I'll keep you. I'll uh, keep it. Sh- oh, here. Uh, did I already talk about this? I believe I did at the top of the show, so I won't bother. Like I said, I'm I'm rambling here and going over my notes, and I got stuff spread out all over the place. I can't remember what I talked about, so um, I'll just I'll just shut it down here for another riveting episode. Um, guys, if you're out there. Uh, get, um, I know as much as I rant and rave and bitch about social media. Um, if you're on there and you or check me out, I'm on uh, it's Fourth Line Voice at Twitter as well as Fourth Line Voice on Facebook. Um, yeah, give me a friend's request or a follow or what have you. And uh, so, like I said, if uh, you got something to talk about with the show or whatever, um, drop me a line, send me a message for sure. Um, if you want to email me for anything, hot, I have a Hotmail account still. <laughs> yeah, I'm still there. Um, hockey fights at Hotmail. Yeah, um, just you know, if you have a question or whatever a statement about something on the show that I'm doing or not doing um, that you'd like to listen, to, you'd like to, or a topic that you have that I should bring up or a guest or whatever, just like I said, drop me a line. I'm all all ears for sure. Um, other than that, um, yeah. Oh, and uh, well, the big one obviously is Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, check it out. I got over 2,500 fights on there from all over, from all different leagues, junior to pro. Um, yeah, so definitely subscribe to the channel. Um, I, I tried to do my, I haven't actually this week, but I try to do my best to upload, um, a couple fights every week and stuff. I'm getting a bunch of DVDs here from my boy Chris in Vancouver. So when I get those, I'll definitely be uh, like a kid at Christmas kind of going through things. So as I'm watching them sitting here, I will hit record and uh, piece off a few fights for folks. And uh, some pretty good stuff uh, coming. I'm really excited to see it. So I will definitely uh, be putting it up on the channel. So subscribe to the channel, check it out. And uh, and yeah, other than that, um, let's get out of here. I will be talking to you guys on Wednesday. Hopefully I have an interview for you. Um, like I said, I've talked to the gentleman last night. And uh, he said, just send me a couple questions just to give me a heads up so I can remember a few things. So, uh, you know, clearly uh, he is interested. So, uh I will hopefully have that for you on Wednesday. But uh, in the meantime, guys, I hope everybody uh, had a good weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll battle Monday together here. And uh, I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. All right. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 